I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Toronto. Cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, compassionate facility. Right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is the time when they need you most. This is the time when you can make a real difference when it comes to doing something about the mental health crisis and the devastating opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that we're currently experiencing, losing 20 people every day. They need your help. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode of Canada Land Shortcuts is supported in part by HelloFresh, the meal kit service dedicated to making cooking fun, easy, and convenient. Each week they send you a box of food and you make meals that take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks short on time. For 50% off of your first box, visit hellofresh.ca slash CanadaLand and enter the promo code CanadaLand when you subscribe. This episode is also brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is offering listeners of Canada Land 10% off of an order up to $2,500 for any product on Sonos.com. This is a limited time offer, people. It can't be combined with any other discounts or promotions. Get your smart speakers. Go to Sonos.com and use the promo code CANADA10. That is Capital Canada 10 at Sonos.com. Paul McLeod of BuzzFeed News, joining us from his apartment in Washington, D.C. Hello. How you doing? Oh, not bad. I'm just saying this is a, the first time in a long time it feels less crazy to live in America than it does in Canada, or at least Ontario specifically. Ah, we have the crazier election. Eat that. <laughs> always, you can always count on the Fords to, to bring the excitement. Paul, today we are going to talk about how the NDP is haunted by Hitler, a Toronto Sun exclusive. We're going to talk about Elon Musk's new website for vetting the media. It comes with a flamethrower. And we are going to talk about what happened to Vice Media's offices in Quebec. They've been raided by a far-right group who came equipped with clown noses. Welcome back to the show. It's good to be back. Well, this episode of Shortcuts is brought to you by Patrick Haney, Kyan Caldwell, Wayne Johnston, Doug Robertson, Bick Hassan... 
Pedram Navid, Michael McCambridge, and Lee Ayrton. I support Candleland because I find that there's things that you talk about that are simply not being talked about anywhere else. And I find that the conversations you have with your guests are balanced in a way that is still implicated and still critical, but not closed off to different kinds of points of view. And I think we need many more models of that kind of conversation in Canada. And, Paul... Mm. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. They sent you to Washington, D.C., and you basically just operate out of your apartment. You just, you're just you a very domestic character. You cook a lot, right? You don't get out much. Yeah. Am I correct? Not, none of that is remotely accurate, but all right, keep going. Very well. Well, I actually you know, am relatively confident that you don't have a lot of time to cook, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that's why I like to recommend to you, Paul, and you don't have to say anything. I'm just going to recommend the way here. I'm going to recommend to you HelloFresh because they're going to send a box of food to your doorstep, and it's going to be filled with wonderful, delicious recipes that will allow you to cook without having to go and figure out what you want to cook and stand in line at the supermarket and buy too much ingredient and throw things out. This is for you, Paul McLeod. They source the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantity needed. There is no food waste, all delivered to your doorstep in a special insulated box for free, and you'll get 50% off of your first box. Why not try this if you've been hearing me talk about this, Paul McLeod, and you've been thinking, I like to cook, but I want it to be more convenient. Just go to hellofresh.ca slash CanadaLand because you'll get half off your first box when you wow. use the promo code CanadaLand when you subscribe. Wow, as someone who likes to save money and is very slothful and likes to not die of starvation, that sounds like the perfect fit. See, I knew it. Paul, what's your Elon Musk journalist ranking score going to be? Oh, man, that's a great question. I uh, will definitely buy a Tesla as soon as that uh, website gets operated. So I think I'm going to start off pretty high and then that'll last about three stories and then the uh, mobs will descend on me. Will it will it will it be a numerical system or will it be grades? Will it be, I want like I'm hoping color based. That would be fun. I'm going for blue. I want a duck crystal uh, thumbs up emoji. That's mm, that's the level I aspire that's to. Very rare. Yeah. yeah. Is this like the outrage that journalists and the indignation and the sneering that the journalistic community has responded to this plan by Elon Musk, who you know got some bad press from Reveal, a California investigative outfit, about injuries at the Tesla factory? He responded seemingly to this by saying that you know he, he's going to start a new service where the public is going to track the credibility of every journalist, editor, and publication. It's going to be like a Yelp for journalists. He wants to call it Pravda which, of course, was the official newspaper of the Soviet Union. And, you know, journalists just thought like, oh, here's another Peter Thiel, right? Here's another, you know, billionaire tech boy who thinks he's smarter than everybody who just can't stand being held accountable. And I'm going to use my algorithms to make you people redundant to hold you accountable. Mm. But, like, why not? Why not a Yelp? There's a Yelp system for every damn thing. Why not a Yelp system for journalists? Oh, because it's been tried. Remember in the early days of the internet when every website was trying to do something different? And that was one of the things that was experimented with in different ways of of sort of crowdsourcing the truth and, and having people kind of vote, not, maybe not even like directly, but, you know, through different mechanisms of, you know, of what is good and what is true. And it, it's, of course, a complete disaster. This is one of those things that any reporter who's ever had anything to do with anything like this knows does not work at all because people don't actually care about what's true. They care in large part about what they want to hear. So a story about Donald Trump that is completely factually reported 
in depth by the New York Times that can demonstrate its reporting is not going to win over the people who support Donald Trump and are going to, as a block, vote down that reporter and vote down that outlet. So it's obviously an insane plan. I mean, it is not clear to me how much Elon Musk is trolling the Pravda thing. Uh, certainly seems to imply more than a bit. But also, you know, never bet against the derangement of billionaires. I mean, it's a malforming experience of billions of dollars. And I would not put it past him to really think he could just create a new media ranking system that that rewrites the world. You know what? You know what, Paul? Just because I agree with you completely does not mean that I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> Great. You know, I got into this. <laughs> I agree with you. I got into this with some people I know who are in the tech world. And I would say, like, it'll be just as bad as Yelp, right? Like, if you let the public vote on what the best food is, then, you know, McDonald's is the best restaurant in the 10-kilometer area. Uh, okay. It was Dan DeBow, uh, who's been on the show before, local tech entrepreneur, and he said, well... Yelp is flawed. Yelp ain't great, but Yelp is useful. And he, I kind of I kind of was dumbfounded by that. Like, if you let the public vote on their favorite journalists and their favorite newspapers, maybe their taste is bad, or maybe they're just going to vote for the people who are saying things they want to hear. And maybe Elon Musk, as he promises, will be able to filter out so you can't do, like, bot attacks to, like, destroy someone's credibility or pump up Alex Jones's credibility. But it would still be a reflection of actual humans who have bad taste or don't care about truth or just want to hear their opinions reflected. But even a flawed, shitty, lowest common denominator reflection of the public opinion is still useful to some degree. I will still use Yelp, if nothing else, just like what is something that people go to? Because, you know, if I'm in a place where, you know, places look boarded up and I don't know if they're serving me yesterday's food, it's like, okay, at the least this place is popular. And, and if it's popular, it's probably got decent fries. The key difference there is that, you know, Pizza Hut is not going after Donald Trump. Papa John's is not running exposés on the NRA. There is there is very different... Oh, we're too important. We're too important. You can't rank us. We're too important for you to rank. Well, it's not that we're too important to rank. It's that it's too easy to game and people have motives to game. People don't have the same motive to game Yelp. And in fact, the ones who do are Yelp. It would be people who are running the site that would demand money for your rankings to go up or for you to be ranked higher uh, on the page. But, you know, that's a passive thing that people do Benignly of I like that meal or I didn't like that meal. Whereas the media is political. I mean, it would be like if you ranked political parties, which we do, and you see and you see the results of it. It's a very passionate uh, and and topsy turvy thing that does not actually <laughs> tend to relate to what uh, who who tells the best truth. It's who we think is the best politician. And so wait, wait, are you are you arguing against democracy? Is that where we got? Yes, that's. I've somehow I've talked myself into arguing against democracy and against Yelp. Wait, no, I'm for Yelp. I'm against democracy. But <laughs> I'll give you a minute. I'll no, give you a minute to sort it out. Elon Musk uh, continued to explain the need for this. He said the problem is that journalists are under constant pressure to get maximum. Cl it was a clickbait thing. You know, these journalists they're they're incentivized right. by clicks, and they're going to obviously come out against Tesla because we don't advertise with them. But fossil fuel companies they do. So obviously the media is in the tank for fossil fuel and against Tesla. And to that, one Jessica Huseman responded to say, "Oh, is that the problem?" Uh, Reveal, who published the story that got Elon Musk so uh, upset with in the first place, they're a nonprofit. They don't suffer from any of those problems. They're not interested in clickbait. And <laughs> the ignorance that this man displays, now speaking to the world in general, she says, the ignorance this man displays daily of the journalism process is truly astounding. And then he shot back with, 
No, they're just some rich kids in Berkeley who took their political science prof too seriously. Elon Musk. But you know, it is funny though. I mean, it shows that even billionaires uh, have the exact same lack of literacy about how media works than everyone else. And as someone who who works for BuzzFeed, I mean, I certainly get that allegation a lot that uh, I'm chasing clicks. And you know, if anyone who's ever worked inside BuzzFeed knows that it's actually completely the opposite on the news side. Not that we don't want people to read our stories, but the whole motivation of our company is breaking news and, and getting you know impact, but not just writing something that's going to get the most page views. And that's that's BuzzFeed. I mean, so we're the ones who get scapegoated the worst for that. And so... I mean, uh, put it in a listicle, McLeod. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, but I mean, it, it just feels so. People really don't know how the media work. And you've got Elon Musk uh, <laughs> recycling the same old tropes and then calling for ideas that have been failed over and over and over. That said, you know what? Fuck it. I've come around. Let's do it. Let's rank all of the media. I just want to be Justin Ling, and I'll be happy if I do that. You know what? It doesn't matter. I agree with you. It'll be bad. If Elon Musk wants to do it, he'll do it. If people in the world want to do it, they'll do it. It doesn't really matter what we have to say about it. You can't stop people from rating you on the internet. It's a free country, my friend. You can rate everything on the internet. Remember when it was just tried with Verit, with a Peter Tao's uh, company, like last year, that was going to come out and it was going to have like a definitive verification system of facts and things that are true. And uh, it was just ridiculed out of existence within like three weeks. So I would love to see Elon Musk try. I would be very down. I'm still sad that clout went out of business just when I got my clout (sighs) ranking high enough to get a free pack of Red Bull. God, isn't that just always the way it goes? So, Paul, remember when I said we're going to talk about how Hitler haunts the NDP, according to the Toronto Sun? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was an exciting one. I wish that was one of those funny, exaggerated jokes that I do at the beginning of the show. That was, sadly, actually their headline. All caps. I mean, it's always all caps. Hitler haunts the NDP. And if you haven't seen this, it is twinned with a photograph of Andrea Horvath. And I don't know how to put this, but to say that they chose a photograph in which she looks like Hitler. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't look anything like Hitler. She's a nice looking woman. She doesn't look like Hitler. But you know, like the stock footage of Hitler where he's sort of, he's giving like a fiery Jew hating speech and he's at Nuremberg and he's shot from beneath, you know, and he's lit in this scary way with, with shadows in his eyes. And he's got an angry, angry, hateful expression. That is how they chose to present Andrea Horvath with this headline, Hitler haunts the NDP. Well, it was a blunder for Horvath to run Hitler as a candidate in the 905 region and uh, to adopt Nazism in the official NDP platform. They probably wish they could take those back. Now you're just having fun. I think it's important to try to see things. I mean, you know, okay, we could and, and should speak critically of the Toronto Sun for this editorial decision. But first... First, let's consider the possibility that Hitler is haunting the NDP. Oh, absolutely. I am here for this. Let's do it. What are they talking about? And what is your understanding of like, what? Hitler, what? If So explain to the people what they would get if they tried to get to the bottom of this of this story. It is a weird one because, so at first when I, I saw the story, I thought, okay, here we go. Another, another oppo story. And to sort of explain how this works for most people, this happens a lot during elections and it's happening more and more now. That when the campaign kicks off, you've got these opposition research teams for each party who are digging up dirt on all of the other candidates. And in the past, that was more difficult to do. You would have to talk to people, go through records. Now, everyone has had social media for long enough that you can dredge through and find something embarrassing. And it's just been an explosion. We did a piece uh, for BuzzFeed Canada during the last federal election where we were just keeping track of all of the people who had to apologize or who got dropped because of things they had said or done online. And I checked 
yesterday, I think we, we got 39 and like half of them actually lost their nomination because of stupid things they said online. So this is basically the new normal. This one's really weird. It was this woman who from, you know, by all accounts, not actually a Nazi, not a Hitler supporter, posted a Hitler meme, I believe it was on Facebook years ago, uh, sort of an inspirational quote from Hitler about changing the rules if you don't like the rules. And she claims she has no memory of posting it and doesn't know how it got there. Okay, so this is Tazlin Riaz, who is the NDP's candidate in Scarborough Agincourt. And even to kind of like just plainly say, she is not known to be a supporter of Hitler. Like that is even like within the realm. I mean, it's sort of like she's not known to think that, you know, babies should be killed. Like, like, is there anything that we can just like accept of anyone? Like nobody is known, but maybe that's not true anymore. I think that... You know, I, I try to investigate my own biases here. Like if this had been a conservative candidate and somebody had found a Hitler meme on their Facebook page, would I have been ready to believe that this was accurate and, and said, well, they, they've got to get rid of that candidate? And I think that while it, it certainly was more unexpected seeing this come from an NDP candidate, even if it was Patrick Brown and somebody found this on his Facebook page, I think I, I like to think I would still be like, I don't know. Let's not jump at this one just yet. <laughs> let's, well, like, is there is there any other reason besides the fact that the inspirational Hitler meme was on his Facebook page many years ago? Because, you know, anybody could potentially in error hit share or their kid could hit share. You know, what is the standard here? Because as you say, we are we're deep into the practice of digging into people's social media histories and holding them responsible, not just for the things they say on social media, but the things they share and the things they like and the things that they RT. So... You know, here the NDP is asking for a certain consideration that we don't always give, which is accept that this was just a mistake. She's not going to apologize for posting it because she's not even admitting that she posted it. Mm -hmm. uh, so are we letting – is Andrea Horvath and the public letting Taslim Riaz off the hook too easily for her – Hitler meme sharing, or should we accept her excuse that, like, there's nothing here? Well, it's hard for me to get too worked up about the song and dance of this now because we've seen so many times that, you know, look, The Sun does not exactly have a reputation of understatement, so that is part of the deal of when you get these stories. You get to go into righteous indignation and the other parties get to denounce you, and usually it's for something a little bit more clear-cut, someone who actually said something mildly objectionable or inappropriate, and then you can kind of say, well... It was seven years ago, I've grown as a person and we go through that whole thing. This one is weird because, I mean, yeah, unless you really believe this person is a Nazi, which seems incredibly far-fetched, it's hard to know what to make of this. And I don't know, I just have, we've been through this so many times now that I have a hard time getting really too worked up about people's old social media posts unless that hits a pretty high bar of revealing something deep about them. And I guess I'm being kind of a hypocritical here because like, not that like Hitler worship would not be a high bar, but it's just obviously so insanely high that it just seems like something's clearly gone wrong here. At the end of the day, I mean, these are random candidates who, anytime you run a slate of a hundred or hundreds of people, you're going to have some people who have some embarrassing past on social media. I don't think this is what should be deciding elections. This is not the party leader. I don't think this is something that needs to be scrutinized as closely as, say, the massive actual policy differences that are happening between these parties. 
Taslim Riaz has supporters, including, you know, like the Danforth Jewish Circle, which is like a very warm and fuzzy Jewish community here in Toronto. Saying like, she's worked with us on interfaith. Like, no, no, there's, there's no Nazi here. Not a Nazi, not a Hitler supporter. I feel like we need to try to be even handed and, you know, say, OK, let's maybe she was confused. Maybe she needs to take responsibility. But if you don't see any other evidence of this being her ideology in any way, shape or form, like I'm basically at the end of the part of this segment where I want to give any credibility whatsoever. And now I want to just zero in on the sun itself, because this cover, I think, is in the hall of shame of one of the one of the worst, most propagandistic and really offensive, just what an insult to people's intelligence. Hitler haunts the NDP and just such a blatant attempt to get an unflattering, harsh picture of the NDP's Ontario leader next to the word Hitler. You know, I mean, it's one thing to, to like try to hold Taslim Riaz responsible, but then to like, like the, the yes, the NDP is haunted by Hitler. Like, I don't want to feign surprise, Paul. Like, we we published the leaked memo of the mm-hmm. Toronto Sun's editorial plan where they were essentially, like, cooking the news in advance, saying, this is what we're going to do. We're going to echo the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party's talking points throughout this election. Like, it looked like a campaign document. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, is there uh, is there any outrage left? <laughs> like, like, what do we do when we're it's... really, really appalled with a newspaper? I don't know. I'm all out. Yeah, it's hard to have any outrage at the Sun just because they have been so blatant, both in like, the document you guys produced, but just also in you mean, just reading it day to day. And it's become striking that it was always very much a conservative supporting and right-leaning paper, but it does feel like in the last, I'm not even sure, like two or three years, it's really gone all the way to the deep end. I mean, this story, I would bet money came from the conservatives. It's Although it's possible that it came from the liberal oppo shop, I don't know. But this does really feel like the media wing of a party going after, well, in particular, the NDP, because now they're leading in the polls. And we're now seeing all these stories coming up about the NDP. This is the usual cycle of how it goes. Personally, I've, I feel like the Sun has lost a lot of credibility in recent years just because of how blatantly... I mean, people go after, you know, like the star because they've got you know people in the star who support the liberals or whatever but at least most people in the star as an editorial direction tend to try to just be straightforward news reporters and the sun it just seems like they've even dropped any kind of guise of caring about trying to seem objective not even objective but like fair and so yeah i i just i cannot say i'm shocked at all you know the editor-in-chief of the toronto sun adrian batra lovely woman used to be uh Mayor Rob Ford's flack, if I recall correctly. Now, part of this pro-Doug Ford campaign on the front page of every of every issue of this city newspaper, lovely person, when your life in media takes you to a place where you are like looking at the layout and saying, okay, here's this, this nice woman, Andrea Horvath. Uh, we have political differences. My job as a, as a journalist and editor, got to hold her accountable. Hitler haunts the NDP. Roll the presses. When you get to Hitler haunts the NDP, I think that's kind of a like, huh, how did I get here? How did it come to this? This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, And just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does 
BetterHelp. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool, doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. You know what? This episode is also brought to everybody by Sonos. Sonos makes speakers. They make the Sonos One smart speaker. I got a couple of these things in my house. It is the first gadget that we have introduced into our house in memory that feels like something from the future. It feels like it's changed our lives in a way that feels really cool and futuristic. Shouting at it or speaking to it, Alexa, what's the weather like? And having it speak back and using it as sort of the music system to stream music or to play specific songs. It is a totally different way to interact with with something. And it's incredible how quickly that's just become a natural thing. And it's fun to be able to play any song with beautiful, beautiful sound. So I enjoy these things. I like being able to throw sound from one room to the next or have the whole house filled with sound because they're very powerful speakers. And if you want to buy one and you listen to this podcast, you're in luck because you'll get 10% off of your order. No matter how big that order is, up to $2,500. Any of the products at Sonos.com, you'll get that discount on. This offer is available for a limited time only. It can't be combined with other discounts or promotions. Don't even try. Use the promo code CANADA10. Canada in capitals and then one zero at Sonos.com and you will receive that special offer. Paul McLeod, it's time for Duly Noted. You know what we do here. Begin. I just, uh, because, you know, living in the States now, I've sort of got more of a bird's eye view of a lot of the political controversies. And what's been interesting to me about the issue of asylum seekers coming across the United States border is how much, at least politically, there is this battle about how do we stop this? And there were a couple of cabinet ministers who were before parliamentary committee for the liberal government. Things got very heated and there were just demands of, you know, how do we do this? We need to rewrite the safe second party agreement and which would essentially allow us to turn people away at the border back to the States. And to me, it's just very strange because living here in the States, I can tell you nothing really gets done here unless it absolutely has to. And there's certainly nothing that's going to get done when it comes to the Trump administration agreeing to keep thousands of uh, people from places like Honduras and Nicaragua. This is an administration that is actively trying to force those people out of the country. So the how do we stop this is to me entirely the the wrong question. And what I did want to duly note, there was a story uh, in actually the Washington Post by uh, Montreal reporter Selena Ross a few days ago, where she was sort of breaking down the differences between how Canada and America handle undocumented people who come to their border. And in Canada, it is black and white from America where they are detained and you're not, not able to work. And in Canada, you are very briefly detained. You're basically given 
work permits, you're given shelter, there's an attempt to integrate you into the system, there are these job fairs, and it really is about getting people housed, getting people employed so that they're contributing to the community, and I was talking to Celine about this, I mean, it sounds like things are going pretty well. And the reason I want to bring this up is that this is not going away. The Trump administration has this program that essentially allows hundreds of thousands of people from different countries to stay in the U.S., but they don't have citizenship. The Trump administration has said it is cutting down that program. They just announced earlier this month that 57,000 Hondurans are going to lose their ability to live in the United States by 2020. And it doesn't take a genius to figure out that a lot of those people are coming over to Canada. So to me, as much as politicians might want to stop that from happening, I think the conversation should be more in the real world of what do we do about this. And there is a lot going on, and the Quebec government seems to be doing actually a good job. And I think that needs to be a bit more of the discussion of how do we settle these people? How do we how do we manage this crisis or whatever we want to call it of thousands of people entering the country for the first time on scales we've never seen before? How are we going to adapt to that? I think that, uh, you know, we mentioned Selena Ross's piece uh, last week on the show, and it's a great piece. And it's great to hear some good news about uh, refugee claimants integrating well and finding work in Canada. But one thing that, that I was reminded of is that that's not the case for every refugee claimant in Canada. And Commons did some wonderful work looking at people who have been held in detention in Canada indefinitely. There are some horror stories in this country. I don't know if this is happening en masse, but I would hate for this to get filed under another meanwhile in Canada things are great kind of a category. And people should definitely check out not only Selena Ross's reporting on that, but the episode of Commons about migrant detention. Yeah, because it's definitely not a mean... I mean, you can, everything's relative, I guess, to the states, but that is the point, is that this is going to keep happening and it's going to, in all the likelihood, increase the numbers. And if we as a society and a government and a country are not vigilant in handling this responsibly, this could be a disaster. And so far, it seems like it has gone broadly well on the large scale with all kinds of exceptions. And... I mean, this is a situation that could get a lot worse if we as a country fuck this up. Duly noted. I would like to note my lack of a take. It's a strange feeling. I have no take on uh, the Trudeau government's decision to buy the Trans Mountain Pipeline for $4.5 billion. I feel naked and alone without a take. Uh, I don't have a take on the purchase itself. I don't have a take on the coverage. I am a, a pundit in need of a take. And uh, if anyone has a shiny, edgy take that they would like to provide, I'm all ears. Wow. So uh, please take note. Wow. There you go. Jesse Brown near death, lying on his deathbed, unable to unable to come up with a take. It must be a very serious ailment if you do not have an opinion, Jesse. Help. Duly noted. So, Paul, a fringe far-right Quebec group, Atalant, stormed the offices of Vice Montreal, brought flowers, gave them a trophy, and threw clown noses on the floor while themselves wearing fleur-de-lis masks. Dadaist art prank or thuggish intimidation of the free press? It's definitely an attempt at intimidation of the free press. I can't even imagine they themselves, being honest, would try to pretend otherwise. Uh, Heart goes out to the vice writers there. Um, I'm glad this did not get violent in any way or any more destructive than it did. But, I mean, certainly, this is you go into someone's office and you parade around. I mean, I can only imagine how freaky that was for those writers who don't know of they're about to start throwing punches or what's about to happen. They don't know if this is just a non-violent kind of a protest against the media. So, no, 100%. It's absolutely like a shot across the bow, a warning shot. The group was equipped with a boombox that played the theme song to the television game show The Price is Right, while some of the men tossed flyers around the office. The flyers paraphrased a quote from Napoleon Bonaparte, 
the 19th century French statesman and military leader, the quote on the flyers read, those who practice virtue in the hopes of acquiring grand renown are very close to vice. Oh, I get it. I, get, I didn't get it the first time I read it. Now I get it. <laughs> Clever protesters, actually. Can we talk a little bit about, like, first of all, I love how Quebec this act of thuggery was. Like, it was a very, like, Cirque du Soleil kind of intimidation of the press. You know, it would be different here. I think it would be different here. Can we talk about the, like, you know, every province has its own its own flavor of uh, racists and uh, nationalists and uh, alt-right groups. And uh, as, you know, whether you're talking about Atalant and Lemute or Sons of Odin or the Three Percenters, like, you know, what can we infer, if anything, about the way that these ideas are taking hold in Quebec from this uh, this recent act of absurdity? I'm, I'm always cautious to try to try not to overstate things here because I've had conversations with Quebecers who really push back against this idea that there is anything particularly problematic about Quebec culture in terms of, say, anti-Muslim bigotry that is not found elsewhere in Canada. And I remember talking to one guy who was saying, you know, if you look at polls across Canada, it's no different in Quebec than anywhere else if you, like, pull the hijab. And still, as someone who's never lived in Quebec, I mean, it does feel like it's sort of a unique cocktail of a place where you've got this whole French culture and French language feeling uh, like sort of already a threatened minority that sets up a different dynamic than the usual white English-speaking people and then non-white minorities. And so it does feel like there's much more of an acceptance, much more of an, a cultivation of people who are racist. But it does seem striking that we've had so many of these high-profile, alt-right, whatever you want to call them, personalities that have come out of Quebec. They just unmasked a Nazi recruiter, in Montreal, who's just like living in Montreal, right? Like, like a, a big personality in the neo-Nazi movement. I guess I'm not saying that it's worse in Quebec, but like I said, it's got its own flavor. It's got its own little thing, you know? And, and it's it's weird how it's it's actually kind of caught up in what was sort of a liberal movement, which is sort of a, a rejection of religion. And, you know, somehow this anti-Catholic fervor has now found Muslims in the crosshairs of all that anger, uh, you know, in these radical manifestations. But Well, yeah, my guess is that there is something to do with the distinction in Quebec of what can be talked about openly. And there, it is just more acceptable to talk about things like, all right, religious headdresses and for government workers or, you know, there's a whole soccer controversy. I mean, those things are being openly discussed there in tones that in much of the rest of North America, people are not talking about them openly because there's the fear that you'd be called a racist. Now, I hate to speculate too much, but the fact that you can kind of more openly engage with these ideas, it certainly seems, you would think, to be a logical place for people who are like Nazi recruiters to operate because they do have a bit they can get a little bit farther down the road of, of public discourse before people are pushing back. Paul McLeod, that is your Canada Land Shortcuts. People out there can email me about it at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read everything they send me. And we are on Twitter at Canada Land. Paul, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at BuzzFeed News. I'm on uh, Twitter at PD McLeod, P-D-M-C-L-E-O-D. And uh, my bi-weekly podcast with Jen Gerson Oppo comes out every Tuesday, every second Tuesday. Every second Tuesday. We'll be listening for that. Our website is CanadaLandShow.com. We publish original journalism there all the time. Come and rank it somehow if you can. Our crowdfunding site is Patreon.com slash CanadaLand. This episode was produced by David Crosby. Our managing editor is Kevin Sexton. We are syndicated by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at CFUV.ca. If you like what we do, please support us on Patreon.
hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.